The QPR podcast is sponsored by Northwood Fresh Fruit Flowers and Plants. Based outside Northwood train station, they'll supply everything you need in the way of fruit, flowers and plants daily. And if you're passing them at Northwood train station, pop in and say hello, because Kev, who runs it, is a QPR fan. Tell him the QPR podcast sent you. QPR! Hello and welcome to the QPR podcast. I am David Fraser and I'm joined by three other QPR fans. Um, uh, to my left, um, I have Chris Mendes Hello. from ITV Sports. How are you doing, Chris? Yeah, not too bad. You haven't even taken your coat off today. Oh, it's freezing outside. Yeah. Worried. And plus, Gabe's got uh, our producers put, plonked his jacket on my chair, which is nice. But yeah, fine. <laughs> Apart from that, I'm fine. Thanks for that. Um... And to his left, we have Gabe, but he doesn't have a mic, and he's an Arsenal fan, and, and, and so, yeah, he doesn't get to talk. And then we have Paul Finney. Uh, hello. Who's brought his own earphones tonight. <laughs> this is like you going up in the world properly. You're properly professional podcaster now with your own earphones. If I were professional, I would take lessons of you. <laughs> Not really. I'm, I'm expecting to get, bring me on chair, bring me on microphone, and bring me on table next. And probably be in a roof somewhere. He has bought his own booze, to be fair. Yeah, yeah exactly. you do bring your own booze. Yeah. If you just because want... no one caters for the celiac. If you just want me to shag <laughs> off... If you've got to... your Finny bingo cards, that's celiac. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. If, if you just want me to go, just tell me. I mean, the subtle hint... No, the subtle hints are... Uh, uh, the, the, they could still just be an empty chair. You don't even take the unsubtle hints. So <laughs> even if we... <laughs> Even if we tried, you, you, you wouldn't. Um, no, uh, you're like the. Do you remember Stan Flashman in the early nineties, yeah. the Barnet chairman? I do. And he had rows with Barry Fry, and the sort of legend went that Barry Fry got sacked about every other yes, week. Right. Paul's resigned from the podcast. Probably you probably resign about eight times a year. No. Yeah. Right. No. We have a little row about something, something someone said, and we have a bit of an argument about it, and then you say you're quitting, and then I've I say, been, "All right, see you Tuesday, see you Monday." I've only actually done it twice, and that's when you were being a knob. Anyway. Which is not bad for five years. No, being sorry. a knob twice in five years. And by the way, he's ITV <laughs> Sport. I'll just say I'm, I'm Funky Floor, um, Van Driver, and Sport. Very good. Sport, sport, uh, sport. Hey, what sport? Funky Flower Sport. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a new channel that's going to be a new sport. Yeah. Flower throwing. Is it's it? at the back you, end of the sky. Like I'm, I'm, we're going to employ Tim, like we're going to employ Tim Flowers as a commentator. Right. Sounds like a colourful channel. You're yeah. welcome. <laughs> Don't um, take the orchard. Okay, whilst I try and think of a flower pun, must let's be a role from Chris Charles. Hello, Go on, what were you going to say? I was just going to say it might be a role for Matty Rose in there. Hey. <laughs> oh, see, that's better. <laughs> you see, yeah. Very anyway, good. Yes, hello. Um, yes, Chris never got Charles from BT Sport. Hi. Um, and what else is there to say? I've got a bit of a frog in my throat, so apologies if I cough down the microphone this evening. We're also at our usual recording place, and the girl that kind of looks after us on reception is being chatted up by a fellow outsider. Might sort of take a selfie and try and put a picture of it mm. on Twitter, just so... No, it's not very interesting <laughs> if you're listening. Right, I don't okay, think it's, should I we don't, get on with I, football? I, I don't think it's going well. 
No. No, well, I don't think it's Do you know right. what? We're past the point of no return. It's too late for us to say, should we start the re- intro again? So we're not going okay. to. Instead... No, I mean, um, it's not going well in the chatting up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. Think, he is. Do you think he's in? I don't think he's in there. But as I came into the is room... stroking her hair? As I came into That's the room... Jesus Christ! So, she's stroking her hair. I wonder what you were saying then. So there's a girl called... Um, the hair on There's it, a girl yeah. called uh, Rebecca who, who works on the reception of the place where we record. And she's out there with a the guy. And as I walked in, he said, so are you single? And I didn't, didn't hear the rest of it. So we'll keep you posted, folks. <laughs> we will keep you posted. What, what, what she should have said was, no, I'm actually a 12-inch. Yeah. But that's an old vinyl joke. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. You do realise they can hear what we're saying. I'm going to yeah. take a selfie and oh, get them no. in the back. So that I'll put that on Twitter. I've just done it. Right. Should we actually talk about football? No. no. We won't talk about <laughs> football because let me do the bits and pieces that I need to do. You can follow us on Twitter at QPR Pod. You can listen to old episodes at qprpod.co.uk and you can find us on Facebook. Um, thank you very much to our sponsors for tonight. It's uh, Northwood Fresh Fruit, Flowers and Veg. They're at Northwood Station. And Kevin is the proprietor and he is a mad QPR fan, season ticket holder. So if you're passing Northwood, station and you need some fruit flowers or veg go and say hello to him and um he might give you a discount if, if you're a qpr fan i'm kind of making it up. In. i don't want flower wars on this podcast paul so let's <laughs> move Kevin, on come into funky one day and have a chat <laughs> it's getting awkward in the qpr florist world <laughs> very prickly there is very prickly <laughs> yes it's a thorny issue yeah. there is there is about three or four of us i, I know a couple Actually, Three or four florists that are Rangers fans, but we all get on. It's all fine. It's, it's not. Do you meet up Hang now on. again? And you're a florist, and your daughter's called Lily. I've just realised this. She's actually called Lily Veronica, and neither of them have got to do with flowers. Lily was um, her dead grandmother. She was named after her, oh, and Veronica's my mum. So it's nothing to do with flowers. But yeah, good. Since good when make. was Veronica a flower? Like <laughs> Lily is. Though. Veronica's right. a flower. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so now let's definitely do football. I bloody hope it's a flower. Let's definitely do football. <laughs> yeah. Let's definitely do football. Um, Middlesbrough. Um, I was going to say a draw, because uh, oh. it nearly was, but wasn't. Well, you, you've just exhaled, Chris, so you can start us off. Oh, it was, um, to be fair, the first opening 20 or 30 minutes, um, I was just like, I, I didn't even, wasn't even sure that Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough's box was there, because we never saw it. And I was starting to miss Jay Emmanuel Thomas's long throws because at least now and again you'd see the ball in their penalty box. But um, second half was completely different and I thought we played really well. And to be fair, in the first half we defended quite well even though we didn't go anywhere near their box. And uh, what happened with Fur on the line was uh, it kind of just... I, didn't, I thought that was really unfair. I thought we played better than Middlesbrough in the second half. Created the better chances. Should have been ahead easily. Matty Phillips should have scored that chance. It was weird because he kept his eye on the ball. Yeah. All he had to do was connect with it and it would have been a goal. Um, so, yeah, that was a kick in the balls, as Charlie Austin said on Twitter. Paul? I mean, when, when I saw the team, I was kind of quite concerned at what we were going to actually Why? do. Because it was, we, we didn't have a striker on. So I'm kind of thinking, is it, are we just going to get everyone behind the ball? It's, it's, it's a worry. <laughs> and when we tend to do that, we tend to do it badly. Um, whereas if I felt with nothing to lose we're probably going to get a new manager in you might as well just go there and give it a go and, and, and abandon the script but as it was first half frustrating we didn't really get much of the ball second half that sublime ball by falling into Phillips was one of the I mean good oh, to yeah. see Ali back at his mm. best again and he was he was amazing I mean yeah if, if, I, I think 
Phillips wasn't expected because he's, he's, he was normally he was quite a good finisher before he came to Rangers and he scored that great goal at Palace he, I think we're just going to shoot from 45 yards now I think his days of hitting them in from the box are over maybe it's a pressure thing as well because when, when he scored that goal against Palace we were 3-0 down and it didn't really matter you know mm. so we should go 3-0 down before he shoots <laughs> is that yeah. what you said but one thing I did notice was that there was a and it, it goes unmentioned but what a freaking tackle um Ned did that was in the first time. Yeah, that, that was, was world yeah, class. Quite if a, early on, if yeah. a German defender done in a World Cup final, they'd be calling it, you know, one of the best tackles ever. Whatever. That that was amazing. It was, but yeah. no one talked about it. I thought yeah. that was. I was well pleased with that. Is that performance filed under? You know, you know that cliche when people say, "I don't mind losing so long as we sort of play well and give it all." And oh no, I hate it, losing. I don't oh, is, I, that, I, is that no. is that one of those? I, I, I mean, it might be now. I mean, when that goal went in, it, it wasn't particularly. Um, uh, or when had that, Green had it covered? Well, that's the thing. Is there's a million dollars? There's question. no way you, you know. don't know. I mean, I mean, the only criticism you could level at Green was maybe he should have shouted. Or it may be, and maybe, and maybe I don't think any blame can be attached for fur. Really, um, it's a sort of natural instinct. If you think the goalkeeper hasn't got it covered, and it's better to give away a penalty um, mm. than a certain goal. Well, look, we, we um, I think of that in in terms of the Gary O'Neill sending off at Wembley. You know, if you're going to sacrifice yourself for the team, <coughs> and you know the game can then either go one way or the other, yeah. I'll take the playoff Absolutely, final yeah. at Wembley going for us and Middlesbrough away not going for us. I think yeah. the commentator said, "Oh, yeah, you know, maybe if he didn't do that, Green would have saved it. No chance, he wouldn't have saved it. Yeah. You don't think? No. Well, he may have done, but how's he to know? He didn't know where yeah. Green was. It was yeah. instinctive, wasn't it? And well, it sort of was instinctive, but." He probably did think, well, I'm, I know I'm going to get myself I'll saved. I'll tell you what, though, we worry about a backup keeper. You know, just saying. Yeah, but uh, as well. As what do you mean? Fair. <laughs> yeah, that's excellent. I mean, <laughs> to be fair to him. There's a culture, to be there's fair. A, there's a culture of QPR fans on Twitter as well, just, com- just being really harsh to players, and I think it's unfair. When, he, when that happened with Fur, he. Um, Loads of people on Twitter are like, oh, yeah, great. At least he's going to be banned for the next few matches. Oh, what, what does he bring to the team? Do blah, people blah, actually blah. say that? Yeah, and okay. and to be fair, in the second half, that was too drunk to read Twitter afterwards. <laughs> he, he did a brilliant little turn in the second half, which set up one of our best chances early on. And uh, you, you know, you just know he's one of those players that if he went to a, a team where he was in a, a better system with a good manager, he'd, he'd be brilliant. Are we being unfair on players? You reckon? Say again, sorry. Are the fans as a whole being unfair on players? As, are we too quick to jump down players' throats? That's an interesting question. Can't believe I asked it. Yes. Okay. Well. Yeah. Elaborate, I, no, I, I, elaborate. <coughs> it's a podcast, Chris. Which yeah. You say if you make a sort of statement, you yeah. then have to back it up. Oh, he's picking on you now, not me. Yeah, Ooh. exactly. No, 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 no. Gonna... I'm still picking on you. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't <laughs> think we are. I mean, I think, I think um, it's certainly not all QPR fans, but I think it's, it's a, and I think it's across all football clubs. It's a, it's a modern thing. There seems to be a, a lack of patience these days. I mean, it, and YouTube people rarely watch things for thirty seconds. Um, the, the whole. You know, since the advent of the Premier League, everything's got to happen yesterday, sort of thing. And if you go three games mm. without 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 a win, then fans, some fans, have got to find a scapegoat. Mm. There's um, always a scapegoat. Yeah, I mean, it has gone back. I mean, you know, um, you know, back in the day, Simon Barker used to get a lot of crap before. Which is crazy of, when you think of it. Yeah, I know. Mikkel. So it, it's always gone on, but at the moment, it seems like you know, anybody and everybody's fair game. I mean, particularly Fur is one of them. Obviously. Um, Chris Ramsey um, 
and uh, Carl Henry as well got their fair, fair share of it. I thought Henry did a right again at right back when he was switched there. Yeah. Um, Ramsey's gone now, so someone else has got to take yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And, but I, I think on the positive, though, I think what you said about Anu, I think that was probably his best game of the season. I think Grant Hall is, is, oh, is, well. is, is, is probably, the, if a player of the season awards tomorrow, Charlie Austin aside, then Grant Hall would probably be. Yeah. I think with I think Charlie Austin in the frame, he'd win it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I, I, and that, that, that's a big positive this season. So I, I don't like to be too negative. But all that I would say is, it was, it was, I know Warnock wasn't there, but it was just almost like a classic Warnock away performance. Try and nick a point and then uh, uh, try and get a point and then anything else is a bonus. But all I would say is bringing Jet on sort of 10 minutes from the end, I thought maybe you know we could have done with a recognised striker before that. Um, and yeah, you're right about Matt Phillips. He can score goals, spectacular goals, but he's not a striker, so... Okay, uh, right, we've we got to move on. We've got a lot to get through. Just very briefly, uh, Rebecca updates. I did spot the two of them leaning in towards each other, classic flirting pose, and uh, she was leaning her head to the side laughing at him. So it's all looking Bel- good on that. We call that in Belfast a headbutt. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, we have a great interview, hopefully. We yep. haven't done it yet, but I hope we've got a great interview. Um, <laughs> Second Chris, Megan, you're a though. massive 1975-76 fanboy, so I'm going to let you introduce this okay. interview. Well, um, this is, uh, as people might have gathered by your introduction, one of the players in that legendary team stroke squad. Um, and, I mean, all I need to say to give it away is that he, he, he was famous for playing without shin pads and his uh, socks rolled down his ankles and tearing up the wing. Loftus Road. Um, yeah, he's he, he's he's one of the one of the first names on the team sheet in that season. Dave Thomas. Hi, Dave. How you doing? I'm very well, thanks. Yeah, no problem. Good, no problem. Good, yeah. good, good, good to hear your voice, mate. Um, now it's been 40 years since the most successful league season in QPR's history. Does it feel that long ago? It feels if it was yesterday. You know, it's so uh, vivid memories, and we had that little get together about three or four weeks ago. Um, against when we all came down for MK Dons. Unfortunately, half the team, as you probably know, couldn't turn up because of commitments outside of football. But um, yeah, it was amazing. Um, yeah, it was amazing, really. So yeah, it, it was lots of lots of games. Some you remember more than others, of course. But you know, the the, the actual team never goes away from you. Yeah, um, I mean, we—I think most of us, if not all of us, were there when you all came on the pitch, which was which was fantastic. Um, I mean, how was it? How did it feel to walk out at Loftus Road again? Well, I wish I had a ball at me feet. I could have quite enjoyed running up the wing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was just it was just a great reception, and I think that you know there's something about that particular side and the group of lads that we all had. Um, you know, manager would love to see Gordon J. go again. Sadly, Dave Session wasn't there, bless him. But um, yeah, it was it was a special it was a special side, and you know, I know we didn't we never won anything, and we just got pipped by Liverpool. But I think the way the, the way the club progressed in those about five or six years was quite incredible, really. And but you know, the icing on the cake was that seventy five seventy six side, and we were you know, we were really well balanced. It was a great. Um, it was a pleasure to play in it, really. I, I was just going to say that it, it must have been great to play in a Dave Sexton team with his innovative style um, and, and, and the freedom you had because of that. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, as, as, we, all, as, I, as we all are footballers, we get older and we all get 
a little bit cynical about the modern game and what have you. But at the end of the day, it, it is all about plays, the balance of the side. You know, I just can't get my head around in the modern game where you see the coaches coming out now with these laptops and the subs coming on, he's got a minute to come on and he's telling them what to do. And I'm thinking to myself, I, don't, I, I just can't get my head around it. And, yeah, you know, we played 4-3-3 four, four, three, three and it was... And um, we never altered it from, from week to week and we, we never really considered the opposition, you know, because Dave and all of us, we had confidence in ourselves and, you know, we're not going like too many years ago that Brian Clough had the same philosophy. Cluffy was... He had confidence. They, they never altered, and what a wonderful side they were. But I think he gets a little bit over the top now. I really, really, I just can't get my head around. I'm sorry. It's just. And at the end of the day, league tables never lie. And you look at your know, uh, tactics. It's just horrendous. It just drives me crackers. <laughs> well, <clears throat> you said you never won anything. And in that side, but you did. You won the hearts of everyone in West London because that was possibly the greatest side never to win the league ever that I can remember. And I tell you what, you should be so proud of yourself because what we did in them days was bloody amazing. And um, you know, even even you know when you did that program on Sky, Days of Our Lives, and all yeah, the, I was on there with yeah. Bolsey and and Jerry. There, there was tears in everyone's eyes. But what is what what is your standout memory from that season? I think the memories were that the entertaining football, you know, we beat Liverpool at QPR, that was a great, and then we just went on, I think we went to Norwich and we had a a disputed goal or something that didn't go our way at the Easter time, and then the, the most amazing thing is really that when you think about it, that we all went off to Israel, the team, and Liverpool played. Ten days after the season had finished, and it was just well, that would never happen today, would it? I mean, ten days after we finished, here we are waiting for the result to come through, and uh, you know, it, it, the game's changed so much, and um, it's so they were the, the vivid memories, really. That and Dave Sexton and um, was such a wonderful guy, not only a, but a great. Thinker of football, and that he was just—he was a lovely man. He really was, most probably the most loyal, the most genuine guy I think I've ever met as a manager. He really was. He was special, and he, he was years ahead of his time, wasn't he? He with was. That, he yeah. was. He was. You know, you know when I think what he used to do, and that seventy-five, seventy, we we played QPI. And he, he wouldn't go home. He'd go and get a flight to Holland or Germany, and he'd go and watch European football, and. Um, I mean, how many managers would do that? Most managers would go home, but no, Dave, after the game, go to Heathrow and catch a flight and then go and watch a game live on the Sunday. And Yeah, he was unique. He was, he was, a, he was a thinker of the game. He was, Dave, genuinely, Dave would have worked for nothing. He really would. Money didn't interest him. He would have worked for nothing. He really was. He was a special. Dave, do you, um, do you follow the, the current team much? And what do you make of QPR these days? Um, well, I saw them at Middlesbrough on Friday. Not a lot of flair, I'll be honest with you. Um, yeah, defensively, I thought they didn't look too bad, but the impression I got on that particular show, and they, they were, having said that, they, they, they could have nicked at least a point at Middlesbrough. Um 
I think in that particular league, it's such a tough, tough league now, the championship, to get out of it. And um, you know, I, I don't think, I, I can't see them getting into the playoffs, I'll be honest with you. I mean, they're all, they're all right, they'll hold their own, but to push for for the Premiership, but once again, to get into the Premiership, it, it's another headache for the for the board, isn't it? You know, it, it you know, because if you got up, it's the same old story, what happened before, and it, obviously they caught a cold, they thought they could buy better players, but suddenly they bought players who, it basically, was just a gravy train for half of them, and I think that, sadly, rebounded on the club, and they've had to restructure, but I was only talking to someone the other night about you know, they spend such a lot, these football clubs now, on their youth academies, and yet you never get a player come through. Well, we've had you know, that problem. It's just, well. it's just biggest belief, really. And I think that, you know, they're spending a couple of million pounds a year, and yet uh, you think to yourself, well, you can't keep going buying players. And, or if, if they keep going buying players, why have an academy? Because basically, no one's coming through. It's, I don't know, it's... Football's changed. I'm, I'm out of date with it all. I really am. It's just beggars belief, really. Dave, the uh, club are currently looking for a new permanent manager. Well, look, listen, I've, I've told them I'm available, but, <laughs> but, but um, I'd, have to get, I'd have to get up early in the morning to get the train down from Darlington down to King's Cross. It's a bit too far, I think. But, but it's a I've, good uh, train, that, though. I've been up to <laughs> But I am available. Uh, sadly, I can't drive anymore, so I'd have to have a driver. So, <laughs> yeah. D- Dave, if the club decide not to go with you as the next manager, who would your who would your choice be? E, honestly, I honestly, it's a very very good question. I really honestly believe I can't answer that. I, it's, I think honestly, I think uh, you know. I just, I just find the management scenario now in the modern game. I mean, Dave Sexton people, and they were last managers change like players. They're just like they're here today and they're gone tomorrow. How many managers have QPR had just lately? Oh, way several. Too many. But we've only got half an hour for this podcast, so we can't go through exactly. them all now. <laughs> and, and you think they don't even last yet, half an hour? Yeah. They're still. You know, they're still no further forward, really, are they? I know Harry got them up, but... Um, no, we're back to uh, square one, basically. Sorry? We're, we're back to square one, unfortunately. Exactly. So, exactly. I mean... It's, it's, sometimes you've got to go back to square one, because at the end of the day, you can't keep paying vast amounts of money to, to footballers who genuinely... They're not, half of them don't care. Yeah, well, we're I all I really with... believe that. I think it's a gravy train. QPR, the plays they sign... It was an absolute, they were spending fortunes, and yet it had happened to Portsmouth Football Club those years ago. Having said that, when I used to go and watch Portsmouth, who were a very good side when Harry, because he, but unfortunately, it rebounded because they were a good side and, and the football club, but sadly, they couldn't afford to keep the players on, on such high salaries. Yeah. And it rebounded on them. And, and Portsmouth have had to go back to the grassroots and hopefully start again. And sometimes you've got, you've got to gamble and you've got to put the kids in. Give yeah. them a go. Because if they're not progressing with so-called experienced championship players, you might as well stick, stick the kids in. Because I know as well as most people that the kids will have a little bit more heart about them 
than some of the people who basically on 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 top money. Well, I think a lot of a lot of Rangers fans feel the same way, Dave. Um, we, we've put um, we we put out on Twitter that you're coming on tonight, and we've had a few questions for you. The most popular question by far surrounded your use or non-use of shin pads and your sorry, rolling... I, I, sorry, I didn't. Sorry, Tinder. I couldn't hear that. Sorry. We've had loads of questions for you, Dave, about how yes. you never wore shin pads. Yes. Well, my favourite one was from Rob Brennan, which is whether you gave Jack Grealish at Aston Villa permission to not to roll his socks down because he seems to do it in the same way that you did all those years ago. Surely you yes. wouldn't have been able to get away with it these days. You wouldn't know. As I, as I said, I mean, if I was playing today, I, I wouldn't have been playing because, well, I'm sure I would have been up. Of course, I would. But I never wore shin pads. And, and basically, when when my socks used to come down my ankles, it wasn't a fashion thing. Genuinely, I just I never wore. I just I normally started with my socks up, and by the end, halfway, well, the socks came down, but I never even thought about it. And then, but then. Things started to hear, well, uh, you were the lad that used to wear with your socks down. And uh, and the other thing was that I always wore rubber, rubber boots. I never wore studs at all. And people used to say, well, how the hell do you stand up <laughs> um, not wearing boots? And I always wore rubbers. You know, it, was a, it was a thing amongst the lads. That, but I was, <clears throat> I was comfortable like that. And uh, it was just something that it developed, really. It wasn't something that I was conscious that... But I didn't like wearing shin pads. That was the main criteria of it. I, I hated them. I absolutely hated them. Well, but, sorry, Dave. But that's, why, but that's why I played on the wing, because I didn't have to tackle. <laughs> You're a good man. Now, now listen, Dave. There's, there's, <laughs> there's, um, there's, there's very many people we can say thanks to in this podcast, but you were one of that squad that made dreams not only come true, but almost happen, and... We cannot thank people like you enough for what you did for our football club. To get us into Europe, to get us to be the best side ever that never won the league, it's what dreams are made of. Thank you so much for what you've done for QPR. Thank you so much for the dreams you gave so many fans. It was yeah. an amazing experience. You're a brilliant, brilliant player, and thank you for joining QPR and giving us those dreams. Well, it's my pleasure, and I've said to you before, any time you want to talk, you know where I am. I've got one more question before you go, Dave. Sorry. Okay, yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, what was it like having Stan Bowles as a teammate? Well, Stan, Stan was a wonderful player. He really was. He was a. I was quite sad to see him a few weeks ago, and uh, I got a bit of. I, I haven't seen him for about six or seven years, and it's quite sad, really. But these are things that. Um, these are things that come around to us all. Health, such. I mean, I've, I've, I've. Well, I'm registered blind now. I've got a quite a serious eye condition, and um, I can't drive my car, and I haven't driven. But that's all part of life, and I've. Uh, I'm in the process of applying for a guide dog. But when, but when I saw Bolsey, he was a maverick, Stan, and he was a wonderful, wonderful player. He really was. He was a. He was a. He was different to all of us. He was a, as you know, he was a big gambler, and he, he had totally always late many times for training. <laughs> but we allowed for Stan. He was a one-off, and the managers and Dave Sexton used to know how to handle him um, because if he upset Stan, Stan would just say, "Right, I won't play today, or I'd go home from training." 
Dave and Gordon Jago, they knew how to handle it. And the players in the end knew what Stan was like and time didn't mean anything to him. But and you, you probably are aware that he's always, I used always at home matches, always change next to Stan and he'd come down at 10 to 3 and get changed, you know, <laughs> the kickoff was at 3 o'clock and I mean, you couldn't say that happening today, but if the manager or someone said, where have you been, Stan? Because you couldn't go through a team meeting with Stan. It's impossible. You couldn't say, well, Stan, I wanted to do this. He was a footballer who played when the ball came to him. He just he had a football brain, and it was like what I, a bit like a George Best. It was off the cuff, and but he was, a, he was a good player. He was a great player. Great player. Brilliant. Well, that's a great tribute to a great man, and um, thanks ever so much, Dave, for, for coming on. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Anytime you know that, no problem. All right, mate. Take Thank care. Take, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye. Did he really say he was a plan for a guide dog? I think we as a club... Crazy, right? We, we, we as a club should be sorting something out for that man. And um, I hope people who listen to this at the club, who heard that podcast, can get something sorted for DFA ASAP. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with a plan for a guide dog, but if the man needs our help, we should help him. And it's, that's, that's very sad to hear, actually, because... Um, well, that and and after Stan, I was reading this morning about Jimmy Hill, who's obviously nothing yeah, to do with QPR, course, but he's he, he he he's sort of he's suffering suffers terribly mm. from Alzheimer's. Is in a care home and sort of doesn't know anything about who he is or who he was. So there's, there's obviously uh, a big job to do. Um, other thing you mentioned as well place. is um, Gordon Jago. I'd like to see Gordon done at QPR. He hasn't been. He he was there, I think, with the '76 team, wasn't he? No, well, but I mean like on his own. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, so, so, yeah. To, um, Specifically. Yeah, to have a, 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 a to, to have a tribute to him from what he done for the club as well. Just a personal opinion. It doesn't need to happen, but it'd be nice. Okay. Good well, look, great it. interview. Great guy. Obviously got a lot to say. Um, really interesting listening to him. Uh, but we have to move on. So, manager. We've got about 10 minutes left. We haven't talked about the ma- managerial situation. At it's the moment, red, yeah, yeah. sorry, it's probably changed since we've been here. Yeah, yeah well, have we, have we, anyone checks Twitter? Have we got well, new money? Well, yet? come on, we have Check two members of Her Majesty's press here. What's what's the latest? What's the word? The well, favourite is Nigel. Uh, I don't know the word. Like, uh, what was? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go on, on. Grapevine, but the the official odds. I think Nigel Pearson's favourite. Really, followed by Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank and uh, Brendan Rodgers. But is that that's not massive insight, is it? That's everybody said. Well, Lee, who's employed Nigel Pearson once, therefore he's and he's available. I think the latest story is that Flo, Jimmy Fuller Hasselbank is going to take over. The non-league, oh, I love that non-league paper on Whoa. Sunday ran the, I'd love on Jimmy the front, right? front page. Why not? It would be nice for once to get a manager that's in a job because in whatever in business in, in, in all the places you work right the people that you want to get in if you're recruiting for talent as they say blah 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 is someone in a job already because that means they're good that means they're valued by someone else if you have somebody that was sacked from their last job and they happen to be available it's not doesn't really it's not quite How as sexy an appointment is it i mean you've got to ask the criteria is the criteria is we looking for the right manager are we looking for a proven track record? Or are we working for someone who can work with layers? Which is nothing wrong with that. I'm just asking that question. What is he would be risk? He would be risk. He hasn't been managing for that long. But six months more than Ramsey, more is huh? it? Longer than, how much longer than Ramsey has he been a manager for? 
Oh, long, much longer than Ramsey. Okay. I mean, he started he started his managerial career. He was at Holland for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, he was at yeah. Royal Antwerp. Yeah, All the successful clubs have philosophy first. Philosophy first, then get a manager to fit it. Even the lot down the road that you don't like, okay, all those years ago, they had, they had they, you know, Abramovich bought the club, they sorted out what they wanted to sort out, I think he stayed there for a year, and then they got rid of him. He was doing a sort of reasonable job, but he wasn't the manager that fit their thing. You look at Swansea, same fair, thing, you look at Brentford. To be fair. Philosophy was, first, then the right manager. With Hasselbank, he, the way he's worked so Same with Burton. Yeah, the way he's worked so far in his managerial career, career does fit into QPR's current philosophy. When he was in Belgium, he joined a team who had just been relegated from top flight who needed to cut down on costs and get youth players into their team. Um, and then he went to Burt, and obviously with not much money at all, and worked wonders there. And he hasn't got a lot of experience, but as a former professional who's played at the highest level, he would demand the respect of players, which is important. And it would be a risk, but at least... Well, you know, if you get Pearson and you know what you're getting, you know. Well, Mark like Hughes miracle. was a former professional that played at the highest level and didn't quite work out for him. At QPR. We have a knack of it, not at QPR, it not quite working great, out for managers. He's doing a great job at Stoke and he did a great job. Yeah, but that's no QPR. good to us, is it? I'm talking about. I QPR. think the problem with the problem well, I think <laughs> things have to change it. Um, elsewhere in the club for anyone to succeed as manager mm. there. But should they work with the director of football or should they be allowed to get with themselves? I don't know. Well, we've got a director to... of football, haven't we? So the only way they're not going to do that is, is, is if we don't have a director of football anymore. I'm just, saying, I'm just trying to think of what they're trying to build. It's a... It's a, it's a um, well, when you, when you let me know... What, when, when you found out what the current philosophy is, let me know. Cause you, What's you the philosophy, philosophy this week? That's what I mean. <laughs> Chris said it fits into the philosophy, but it, it seems, you know, as I said before, the goalposts sort of uh, move, so I don't know if they've <clears> moved back or whether they're going to go in a different direction. Glenn Hoddle. I mean, I think, the first of all, I think you can, Brendan Rodgers is, well, the list I looked at was second favourite. I think you can scrub that right off. I mean, papers, you, you look at... Situation. Every single, yeah. Um, well, as much as anything else, you don't, you don't, want, a, you don't want a bloke who's, um, you know, celebrating a goal by uh, putting his hand up like he's got the answer at school. I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that, I, I wouldn't want to see... Brendan Rodgers, you know, that oh, celebration right, yeah, he does yeah. when they score a goal. But he did, he did create something very good at Swansea, though, whether we like it or not. But every manager has done well at Swansea in the last 10 years because the, it's the structure and philosophy of the club and it's the fellow who's chairman, Jenkins, as much, as, as much down to him as anyone else. There's and no on, manager that's done badly there. On that note, Glenn Hoddle wrote a column in the Daily Mail last week or maybe the week before where he said that the biggest problem that he found when he was at QPR recently in the last couple of years was that there was a lot of people there like himself, Redknapp, other coaches and director of football, what have you, and he said that no one really knew who they were reporting to and there was no clear structure there. And he said that was a problem and he think that, thinks that's why no one's having much success there. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a very good point. I mean, but, by the way, I was being a bit flippant about Brendan Rodgers. I mean, of course I'd take him aside from like, you There's know, putting no his hand up in the air. But that, that's what I was going to go on to say. You know, I, mean, I think you can scrub him. Paper, what papers do, you won't find any quotes in these stories. No. They'll pick out whoever's I the, you know. And a lot of, anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I, but I mean, Jimmy Floyd... Yeah, I mean, if we if we're going for that first philosophy, if I'm getting that right, then I mean, he yeah, he's the sort of bloke we should be looking at. Um, he also mirrors the kind of players we're trying to bring in from yeah, league players. No, that, absolutely, you know, and, and uh, when he, when he was at Antwerp, he, when he got his that was his first job. He said <clears throat> they'd just been relegated, like you said. He said it was a two or three year project, and he aimed to win promotion by uh, playing attacking football with younger players um, on a reduced budget. 
Uh, I did lift that from Wikipedia, yeah. granted. <laughs> <laughs> but he finished seventh in his first season, then went to Burton. The, the only, well, there's two worries with him. One, two to three year projects, are the owners and the fans going to be, you know, uh, have the patience for that? And two, win, <laughs> lose three games on the bounce and the Chelsea connections uh, will start rearing their well, My biggest worry of Hasselbank. My biggest worry of Hasselbank is that. Well, no, I'm with you, yeah, I agree. But. Is that. Most of the QPR fans, I'd say probably two-thirds, judging from what I found out today, would prefer Pearson as manager. So if you do get Hasselbank in and he has a few dodgy results, I'm just worried that the same thing will happen that what we saw with Chris Ramsey, you know, it, it starts to get negativity from the fans. That will trickle down to the players. Results. Exactly, but yeah, but the fans have to be more patient. Whoever the club choose, whether it's Pearson, whether it's Hasselbank well, the fans or someone didn't else. sack Ramsey... The, the club really? Did. They didn't, but they created such a negative atmosphere at games that it made it almost impossible yeah, for them that- to carry on there. I mean, I, everyone always says our fans are, are, you know, deluded. They want ambition, fast, they want success, they want promotion. I'm not really sure when I go back to the Premier League because the Premier League was, to me, a nightmare. We lost 80% of our games practically. We didn't, you know, it was horrible. And I just want stability. If Hasselbank's a man for stability, so be it. If Kenny Jackett's a man, so be it. I just want to make sure they've interviewed extensively to get the right person because if they get this wrong, it could have severe repercussions. So let's talk about this process. This does seem to be taking a lot longer than usual. Well, is that a good, a good thing or yeah. is that a bad sign? No, that's Does that mean they really know what they're doing or they really <laughs> don't know what they're doing? <laughs> we got stuff. Have the owners been to many games? Do the owners still go to most games? I think it shows them in touch. Well, promotion's out of the window for this season. I think they should forget about that. And the fact that they're taking a bit longer suggests that they kind of agree, you know, that they're not going to get promoted this season. So I can't see it why it would be a bad thing that they're taking a little bit longer to decide who the manager is. And I'm glad they're actually interviewing different people. The last time I saw um, Amit Bhatia was on the Kevin Peterson documentary on Friday night. (laughs) I haven't seen him for a while. Yeah, so what, what I'm saying about the owners, I'm, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing or a good thing, but I'm just wondering how, who, who goes from the board to games anymore? Does it, have the owners lost a wee bit of interest? Well, I've, I, I think the key to this is Lee Hoos, as uh, we mentioned. He's very canny, that man. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, that's one thing we haven't touched on. I think we've running out of time, but... Um, like we're always running out of time. Yeah. <laughs> carry on. But he was speaking at the forum recently, wasn't he? By all accounts, you know, it was... Um, no, he did brilliantly. He did deflection brilliantly. Well, I don't know that. I'm American. You've done American about football. He knows his gravy. Yeah, he yeah. knows what he's doing. But that's he's what I'm saying. Out. I mean, if he's behind the process, and I'm, I'm a little bit more confident that that uh, a we'll get the right person, and b we can maybe address this problem that Glenn Hoddle mentioned in his column, and that that maybe people people will know who they're answering to. The, the problem we've had as well is, you know, Tony Fernandez has been the, the chairman. I know he's a lot of people like him, and I, you know, he's a likable fella. Um, but he spent, spends a lot of time out of the country dealing with his other business, and you, you need you know a permanent fixture here. And, and exactly, you need there's almost too many cooks. You know, you need to know who mm. is who is the main person. What, was that your R's end? No, because Gabe is already doing the twisting two fingers around each other. Twisting Can you hurry up, motion? So we need to get to the R's end. Just quick, Rebecca update. The gentleman has left. And there's three more arrived. And now she's stocking a cupboard (laughs) silently. So we don't know whether whether he got her number or not, but I'm saying it quietly because she's right outside the door. Right, Arzend. Last, anything that we haven't said, mentioned, talked about. um, Paul. Uh, Basically, um, well done to every single person who went to Middlesbrough. Pat yourself on the back, you did well. 
God, I couldn't get up there, but it's one of them things. But I'll tell you what, you've done us proud. We could hear you singing, and there wasn't that many, so full respect and brilliant. One last thing, one very last thing, all I'm saying. Surely we've got to beat Leeds in Saturday, haven't we? Surely? A, a club that's... We'll do massive. a round table of scores. Oh, we've got to do after. that. We'll do Sorry, it. We've got no, enough time no, for that. No, Chris. I haven't got no sense. So Fine. Chris. <laughs> Prediction score. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that in a minute. Right, well, the last time we played Leeds under Neil Warnock was one of the most bonkers days in a lifetime of bonkers days supporting QPR. Uh, it's the only time I've watched a team get promoted twice, uh, having gone to Watford to see it math- mathematically go up. Uh, and then there's all that agonising weight over the Foreland saga. So... Um, yeah, I just remember, you know, people say they remember the JFK thing. I certainly remember when we realised uh, that we were finally finally going up and there was that ripple of, on along mm. the Uxbridge Road as people started piling out the pubs and stuff like that. And then the flags. I and, remember that day. And uh, the hugs and then the, the cheers and the more hugs and all the rest of it. But that was then, this is now. So basically all I want is three points on Saturday. Fine, so miles end, I'll start off the score prediction. I will go, I think we'll win because Leeds lost on Saturday. And we're, we're, we're due one. So I will go 2-1, Austin to get both. Chris? My prediction is 1-0, QPR, Phillips. Paul? I'm going to go for 2-0 Rangers and Steve Evans to get sacked afterwards. And by the way, get well soon, Gary Hurd. Chris? Well, I'll go 2-0. And 2-0. Two. Two so and I'll go for, uh, to QPR and I'll go for yes. Austin and Grant it's like Hall. cryptic in some weird fashionable way. <laughs> okay. Just bizarre. Thank you very much for listening. This has been the QPR podcast. We will see you again next week. The QPR podcast is a West 12 media and Burble media production. The QPR podcast is sponsored by Northwood Fresh Fruit Flowers and Plants. Based outside Northwood train station, they'll supply everything you need in the way of fruit, flowers and plants daily. And if you're passing them at Northwood train station, pop in and say hello, because Kev, who runs it, is a QPR fan. Tell him the QPR podcast sent you. QPR! QPR!